0: The Holy Gospel according to Saint Luke from the 12th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Saint Luke, chapter 12, verses 22 through 40, and can be found on page 1618 in your pew Bible. Luke records. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you? than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan, the pagan world runs after such things and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So the gospel that we just heard uh, picks up right where last week's gospel ended, And it is that Jesus had finished teaching the parable last week of the wealthy fool to the crowds who came out to listen to him. And he had been warning about worshiping gifts instead of worshiping the giver. And his teaching is a warning to the wealthy who are tempted to fall in love with the things that they have but it is also a warning to the rest of us who are tempted to fall in love with the things that we want. The gospel we just heard begins with the words, and he said to his disciples, and this is important because this indicates that Jesus took his disciples aside for some additional teaching after he had finished teaching the crowds. And by this time in his ministry, his disciples included the original 12, the 72 that he sent off, and then other believers and after Jesus ascended, many of these same people would form the seed from which the Lord would grow his church. So the, Jesus began teaching by rephrasing the teaching that we heard last week. Last week, we heard Jesus say, one's life does not consist in abundance of his possessions. However, this morning, we heard him say, life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And although the words are different, the basic thought is the same. Your life is not about what you have. In the first case, Jesus was warning those who relied and depended on earthly wealth because they thought that they had enough. And in the second case, Jesus was warning those who relied and depended on earthly wealth, but were worried that they did not have enough. Now whether you trust wealth in your, or if you trust in your wealth, because you think you have enough, or whether you worry that you don't have enough, your faith is in the wrong thing. It is in what you do, or it is in what you do not have. Now these words of Jesus teach us that worry is idolatry. When we worry we are saying one of two things about God. We are either saying that God is not powerful enough to help us, or that God is powerful, but he doesn't care. Or maybe, maybe he even wants to hold us back. In any case, we are saying that we cannot rely on God, and that we must rely on ourselves and on our stuff. When we trust in ourselves above all things, we are saying that we are God, little g God. And when we trust in our stuff above all things, we are saying that our stuff is a little g God. In either way, we are committing adultery, excuse me, idolatry. We are not trusting in God above all things. In fact, we are not trusting in God at all. And worry is not only spiritually damaging, but it isn't even helpful in this earthly world. Worry accomplishes absolutely nothing, but worry can be physically harmful. Jesus said, Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And then he said, if then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Even modern medical community, the scientific consensus, tells us that stress, the stress of anxiety can cause a variety of disorders, and it can even shorten our life, worry. Now, it may seem strange to point out, but the truth is humanity manages to worry even when things were perfect or are perfect. Well, they're not perfect anymore, but back when they were perfect in Genesis, back in Eden, Eve was worried. That's something different than you've heard before, but the seeds of worry were planted by the serpent. The seeds of worry were planted when Eve began to wonder about the forbidden fruit. She thought that maybe God was holding something back about the fruit's benefit. In spite of the fact, and this is the fact, that Eve was the queen of the entire universe and that she could look forward to an immortal life of perfect health and perfect happiness. And yet, by a suggestion, she became worried. Thoughts like this may have come across her mind. Perhaps God does. God was not allowing me or her to develop To her full potential and she trusted the word of a serpent more than the word of God who she walked with in the garden. Worry is one of the sins that Adam and Eve allowed into the world and when that is when they fell into sin. The corruption of sin that brought frustration, that brought injury, illness, and death into this world also makes us worriers from our birth. Worry is part of the package that comes with the original sin. Okay. What can be done? What can be done about this worry? We look to Scripture. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not Be anxious about your life, about what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Jesus says, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. And at first, it may seem that Jesus is telling us to simply change our attitude. And if we are not careful, we might take these words to mean that we should just Buck up. Suck it up, buttercup, right? We've heard that. Get with the program. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Maybe we should just adopt a a happy attitude and then all of our worries will go away. Fake it till you make it. And if that were all that Jesus meant when he said these words, we would have every right to be in despair because in spite of our best efforts, we still worry. But thankfully, there is much more for us in his words. You need to remember that Jesus was speaking to his disciples in this gospel today. Jesus was speaking to the ones who believed. Jesus is speaking to you. And because of that, he could be more personal with them. After all, Jesus had already taught them to think of him as their brother, so that his father was also their father, your father. And he taught them to pray, beginning with the words, "'Our Father.'" So when Jesus taught the crowds, though, he taught the crowds, he spoke of the God who said, you fool! This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? But when Jesus taught this lesson that we heard this morning, he taught this, fear not, little flock, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you see the difference? Those who believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins have that relationship of dear child to a dear father. As it says in the Gospel according to John, John said, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're the king's kids. Once again, he's not saying, You fool. He's saying, Fear not, little one. Fear not. Tyler, I bet you had that conversation with that little one. Fear not. Comforting him, rubbing his little back, and he probably wasn't when he was in your arms. Family, that's how it is as children of the living God, the comfort that he gives. Remember that, imagine that. Jesus doesn't just tell us that life is more than food, he gives us life. Life with Jesus is more than just the years that we spend here on earth. We were remembering that when we said goodbye to DeForest and remembered him. Everlasting life he is in right now, face to face with Jesus. And by calling attention to the short life of the grass of the field, Jesus reminds us that we inherited an immortal soul from our first father, Adam. A soul that was breathed into him by the very breath of God. The end of our lives here on this earth is not our final destination. Our final destination is in eternity. Now, Jesus gently chides us for worrying about clothing by reminding us that clothing that He provides for even the simplest flower is superior to the finest clothing that Solomon's t- tailors could design. Jesus is not just talking about flowers here. No, he's, he's telling us that in eternity we too shall rise with newly transformed and immortal bodies, bodies that are more than clothing. And God has provided a new set of clothes for us that far exceeds All other clothes. He has clothed us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is the righteousness of Christ's perfect and sinless life. And as the prophet Isaiah wrote, he wrote this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me in the garments of salvation and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. We did not have the right to wear a righteous dress, but Jesus, the Christ he took our filthy rags, the filthy rags of our worry and other sins. He took those and nailed them to the cross. And with his sacrificial suffering and death, he earned the right for us to wear his eternal righteousness. Now he gives us the right to be adopted as his brothers so that we can wear the glorious robes of his righteousness and call his father our Father, God has clothing for us that is infinitely better than the clothing of the grass, which, as we know, is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. We have the assurance that Jesus has earned all these gifts for us because He did not remain in the grave after He died for us, but He rose from the dead and He ascended to rule at the right hand of the Father. And this resurrection assures us that the glorious robes of Christ's righteousness now belong to us. They belong to you. They belong to me. And the Holy Spirit gives these robes to us through the Word of God. As the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. We can hear those words as they are read, as they are preached, or as they come to us in absolution. And we can feel those words with the water of our bapti- baptism, and we can taste those words as the bread and the wine that transport the body and blood of Christ into our mouths. It is through these means that the Holy Spirit has chosen to create and nurture the miracle of faith. And it is the Holy Spirit's gift of faith that covers us with the robe of Christ's righteousness. So when you worry, and the Holy Spirit reminds you that it is a sin, he will also remind you that you are a baptized child of God. And he will remind you that Jesus has redeemed you from sin, death, and the power of the devil with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And he will remind you that you wear the righteousness of Christ and not even the grass of the fields are arrayed as gloriously. And he will remind you that after that grass has long since been converted to smoke, you will wear those robes of Christ's righteousness in eternity, in the eternity of his presence. For after all, we have the promise of Jesus. Which promise does he keep? All of them. And his promise is this, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom today and every day. In the name of Jesus, amen.